just a blessing to gather in this place. It's a blessing to be able to enter into these gates and to come together. And the word of God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst. And I look around and I counted two long time ago. So two or three have gathered in his midst. So we are so excited to know that God is in our midst today. Amen. So we thank God for this time of worship. I would ask you to do this. Just would you just lean over to someone on your right or the left and just say, you know, I want to love you with the love of Christ. Amen. Because the only reason that Jesus intercedes for us because he loved us. The only reason he stands there after having done all the work he did on the earth. The Bible says he's seated next to the Father, on the right hand of the Father, and he's still leaning over and interceding for you. After having saved you, after having cleansed you, after having forgiven you, he's still at work in heaven on your behalf. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that new mercies are, are renewed every morning. All because yesterday I think I may have used every bit of the mercy I had yesterday but I'm glad that it didn't run out yesterday because it was renewed this morning, amen? And so great is God's faithfulness. I wanna share with you today for a bit, not too long, but just to encourage you uh, as we journey. I, we've been talking to you over the last several weeks uh, in a significant lesson on, an extensive lesson, I should say, on the Holy Spirit. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit, we started by uh, sharing with you the importance of the presence of the Holy Spirit, but, but helping you to understand something that Peter said, that you must give all diligence to make your call and your election sure. Make sure that you're born again, because the truth of the matter is, Paul says that he, has, he that has not the Spirit of Christ is not his. If the Holy Spirit is not in you, you cannot confess that you're born again, because he is given to us as a seal, as a guarantee. So we talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit, then we talked about uh, the influence of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is in our lives that he might bring influence, he might influence us, that we might represent and be reflections of Christ. Uh, and then we talked about the impact of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit should be impacting you, that he should have an impact because Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit or the evidence of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no. He says, so the impact of the Holy Spirit is going to produce these type of fruit in your life. And so we started Tuesday uh, on, on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but today, uh, and we'll continue that this coming Tuesday night, but I want to share with you this morning on the joy of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Holy Spirit, because here's, it's important because uh, it is it's sad to know that so many Christians walk around joyless. So many confessing individuals, they are so, so, so sour sapped and so sad and saddened that it's a shame because the Bible has already given us the, 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 the promise that the Holy Spirit would bring joy to us. And so it's, it's important for us to understand all that the Holy Spirit has given in us to do because one of the things he's designed to do in you is to produce joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Now say it like, like you're happy about it. Joy. joy. See, the Holy Spirit is given to produce joy. The fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit is 
joy. Love, joy. I want to invite you into the word with me this morning to Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. I'm, while you're turning there, I'm going to give you some history on the passage because I want you to understand that, that we're still in context, but, but the context here, Paul is actually uh, addressing in this 14th chapter, he's addressing a matter of dietary restraint. And so he's trying to help the people of God to understand that they should, it's important for us to, to not just think of ourselves, but think of others. And so apparently what had happened was there were, as, as those who had become Christians now, many of them had come out of pagan religions where they offered sacrifices or they offered things or there were certain things that they did not do or did not eat rather because of religious or ritual, ritual structure. So, so Paul is trying to help them understand. He says, now some of, this, some of you might feel like it's wrong to eat the food and others may feel like it's okay. He says, I'm convinced that it's all right, that nothing is clean in and of itself. He says, however, but he's trying to bring about a unified idea because remember the fruit of the spirit first is love. So he's trying to produce a sense of love. He says, okay, but don't allow your eating to destroy somebody who Jesus has died for. He says, don't you, if, if, if a brother who's weak in his faith believes that you, in your eating is condemned, he says, don't, don't do it. Don't just insist on doing something that's going to harm someone else. I remember as a child, there was a deacon in our church. Uh, he was a, a great man of God. I'll mention his name because it's, a, it's an honor of him. He was Deacon Raymond Boyd. Deacon Raymond Boyd was a, was a gentle man. He is a gentle man. He's still around. Uh, and, and, and the blessing of this, I, I'll never forget this. There was a young man who had come to church who had just come, and he was just kind of getting. Now, the, the deacons always sat on the front row, and so this young man was so eager. Uh, he just wanted to sit on the front. He wanted to be as close to the front as he could, so he was sitting on the front row. And one of the things that Brother, Brother Boyd did not want to do, he never wanted to offend anyone with his breath. So he would, he would keep some mints or a, a, a piece of gum in his pocket. And then he would just kind of chew it, but he wouldn't chew it so it was distracted, but it was just something he would chew. So the young man one day came to him. He was a young, young Christian just coming to Christ. The young man came to him and says, man, I can't stand this chewing. I can't focus. It's hard for me to focus on the preaching because you're chewing. Deacon Boyd said to him, he says, son, you know, I don't think it should offend you, but, but because I want to make sure that nothing hinders you from getting what you need, I won't chew any gum. Now, this was important because ultimately, what, he, what Paul was establishing in his 14th chapter, he says, listen, make sure you understand if there's something that's going to be harmful. He says, you have liberty, but don't allow your liberty to be a cause for someone else to stumble. So ultimately, God is trying to nurture in us an idea of us really understanding that we should not just live for ourselves and live to others. And this is important because oftentimes in today's modern society of, of great liberality, that we don't understand that we are living witnesses and we are the only Bible some people are going to read. Paul says we are, we are living epistles written and read of men, that we're read of men, men are watching. So, so, so here Paul is trying to help them understand. He says if, if, if some who are weak in their faith and don't understand that, that they are free to go ahead and eat, he says, but if they are concerned, because what was happening was they were arguing over going to the marketplace and they were going because they were now Christians. They didn't want to eat anything that had been offered to idols. So they would go to the marketplace and they were asking, where did this meat come from? 
Has this meat been offered to idols? But there's no way for them to know that completely. And, but there were those who believed that it was. And so they were then wrestling with that. So he said, listen, God is calling us to peace. Don't, if, it, if it's going to harm someone's faith, don't bother with it. So then as it gets down to this, this, this passage where we're in, in verse 16, he then says, verse 16, he says, don't allow your good to be evil spoken of. That's the first thing he says. He says, because it may be a good thing for you to go ahead and do it. He said, but don't allow it to be evil spoken of. But then he, he tackles the great problem here and helps him to understand that, that, that everything about what we're doing is not hinged upon eating and drinking. So in verse 17, he says, he says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. He says, but the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He says, I don't want, even though I'm taking the time to address this, but let's make sure that we don't get so hung up on the eating and drinking that we forget that that's not why Jesus came to establish eating and drinking and dietary restraint. He came to establish righteousness, peace, joy, righteousness in that we're in right standing with God, that we were once sinners and now he has brought us near. We were afar off and he's brought us near. Righteousness, right standing with God. Peace, because now we have peace with God. That when we were once sinners, we were enemies of God, but now through the reconciliation of Christ, we now have peace with God. We've been drawn in and there's no more a problem because we've been reconciled back to the Father. So now we have peace. But here's the thing that I want to focus on today. He says, joy in the Holy Spirit that the kingdom of God has been established that he might bring joy to all of those in the kingdom so here's the thing if I am born again and I am in the kingdom then I ought to have some joy how attractive is it how attractive is it if we're witnesses that we're to compel men to come to Jesus how attractive is it if you're sadder than they are Oh, Christians are very. But those that are on their way to hell are just having a good old time. Wait a minute now. Their end is disaster. Your end is joy, but you have no joy. Help me understand this. I recalled when I was working, I was working for, for, for Best Lock, and we got paid every week. I was 19, uh, and, and, and you know, I was happy for the 578 they were giving me an hour. I had me a little piece of car that I paid cash for. It was like three or $400, a nice little hoop. It was a 79 Mercury Monarch. Boy, I was happy as a peacock. Watch this, every Thursday. Because Thursday was payday. And here's what I would do. I scoped out to find out where all the banks were in that vicinity. Because once I knew payday was coming, I couldn't wait to go and cash in because I had labored 
all week long and I had something to look forward to because payday was coming. And I need you to understand, if no other reason, if you know you've been born again, you ought to have joy just knowing that payday is coming. If you don't know anything else, you know you've been born again, you know you're on your way to heaven, you ought to say, I'm just glad to just be alive because one day, Payday's coming. So I scoped out all the banks. And I couldn't wait to the end of the day because sometimes I had a foreman that, that, that sometimes, I don't know what it was about her, but she wanted to wait till just before you got off. You saw the person with the, with the cart with all the checks going around. And I knew she had stopped at, our, at her desk early that morning because for me I just wanted to wait to get to lunchtime. I got 30 minutes to see 30 minutes the bank is five minutes I get over there get in line I'm gonna take five minutes in the line that's 10 I'm gonna stop and grab me something to eat I'm gonna come back five more minutes I got 15 minutes to eat because I'm gonna have my money in my <laughs> now watch this now there was a joy all week long what got me up every morning, what pressed me in there every morning, what kept me on the clock until the end of the day, what kept me pressing on was I knew that payday was coming. And here's the thing, every time I thought about payday, I got some joy. And I'm just trying to get you to understand, you've got to keep in mind that there is a payday at the end and that ought to bring you joy. Nobody could get on my, on my nerves on payday. Nobody. Nobody could upset me on payday. Nobody. Nobody could get me discouraged on payday because I knew payday's here. See, what keeps you pressing is that you got to set your things up on things above. Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God, you got to be seeing yourself pressing. So he says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, joy, and, and, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So watch this now because the Holy Spirit, I told you this for the last few weeks, that the Holy Spirit is an influencer. He's in our life to influence us. And you may not be a positive person by nature. You may not be, I'm going to say it again. You may not be a positive person by nature, which is probably the biggest reason, let me restate that, one of the big reasons God had to born you again to change that nature. But wait a second though. The Lord is working to bring about joy in you that's why the Holy Spirit has been given to influence you to change that. Notice this, the Holy Spirit is an influencer. So the, the word influence means to, the capacity to have an effect. Wait a minute. The Holy Spirit has been given to affect that negativity. You can't come to Jesus and stay with him, be full of his spirit and still stay negative. 
Can't find no joy for nothing. You come up, hey, sister, how you doing? Well, at that point, I'm just, let me just pray. I, I don't even want to know. Let me just pray for you. God help in the name of Jesus. The sun shining and birds are chirping. Leaves are falling. And boy, you just. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is in our life to influence us. Because understand that sometimes we just things that happen in our life affect us. But that's why he's there to influence because joy in the Holy Spirit. Watch this now. It affect the character, the development. That's why I'm changing. I'm being transformed. Therefore, if any man, any man be in Christ, he's what? New creation, being created over. That's the development. Watch this. Behavior of someone or something. So God is trying to get me to be what he has called me to be, and that is a person of joy and peace. So the Holy Spirit is an influencer. But here's the thing. The word that Jesus uses here, Kara, watch this now. The word he uses, look what it means. When he says, when Paul says joy right here, look at the word he used. This word, the Greek word he used here, it speaks of actually being joyful, joyous. Let's see. There we go. Cheerful. Go back one, please. Cheerful. A calm delight. Wait a minute. Joy means that I can have chaos going on around me. But there's a calm inside of me that still allows me to have joy in spite of the chaos. The Holy Spirit is given to bring that kind of calm delight in you. It means to be have gladness, exceeding joy, to be to, to function joyfully, joyfulness, and watch this, and just all right, joyous. Here's the thing. Because we now have come into relationship with Christ and He compels us to, to work to serve His cause. The psalmist says that you ought to serve the Lord with. Is that in the list? Oh, it is. The Holy Spirit working on the inside produces a joy of gladness that you are privileged to serve God. Here's what, what David said in Psalm 51 after he felt broke down because of what was going on in his life. Here's what David said. David said this. He says, he says, restore to me the joy of what? Of my salvation. That God remind me, restore back to me the joy that reminds me that if nothing else happens, no other prayer gets answered, that you answered one prayer and that was, Lord, save me, and you did that, restore that joy. Keep that in my memory that I remind myself daily, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for covering me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for raising me up. Thank you for setting my feet on solid ground. So, 
The Holy Spirit is a great influencer. So God is determined through his Holy Spirit working in us to produce. But I want to go back to that verse because look what it says. It says the kingdom, the kingdom. We got to break that word kingdom down because kingdom represents, go to the next slide. Follow me, guys, because the clicker's not working. I need you to wake up. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, king represents, kingdom represents a king's domain. That's what it's a short, it's, it's shortening of king's domain or king's dominion. Paul says the king's dominion or the king's domain, watch this now, there must be a king over the domain. The kingdom has a king. That king is Christ Jesus. Watch this now. So we must always then consult the king on what he has to say about the matter. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 11. Because here the king has something to say that I believe will bless us all today. And I'm almost done because ultimately I just want to place in your heart a reminder of the joy of the Holy Spirit. But look what Jesus had to say here in John chapter 15 and 11. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. Wait a minute. That it must first be in you but that it stays in you. And watch this, and that your joy might be full. He says, I'm telling you, so, so now go back here because this is the last, this is the night of the Last Supper. This is the last moments that Jesus has with the disciples, have with the disciples before he goes off to be, to be, be, be tried and then punished and, and then to be, 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 be crucified. Now watch this. He says, now all the things I'm telling you, because before this, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll come again to receive you, that where I am there you may be also. He goes on to help them to understand that he was the vine and they were the branches and that without him they could do nothing. But in, if they would do, abide in him, they would bear much fruit. He's going through all of this with them. And he says, and I'm only telling you all of these things that you might have some joy. See, here's the thing. One of our biggest obstacles is that we won't get the word of God in us. The Bible says, let the word dwell in you richly. Here's what the word says. Paul, uh, in, in the next chapter, he, in verse 4, he says, look, he says, listen, the whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for your learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. See, the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit, I, I've said this many times, that the Holy, the, Jesus said the promise of the Holy Spirit, he would bring back to your remembrance all the things that he's taught us, but he cannot bring it back to your remembrance if you don't put it in your memories. He cannot bring back to your remembrance what has not been put in your memories or your memory. If I don't know your name, I can, it's not going to come to me. Uh, uh, um, um, I just have to admit, I don't know it, right? 
So here's the thing. If he is going to be our supernatural memory, I got to make sure I deposit some things. Okay, uh, let me do it this way. Christmas is coming, right? And you're going to be out shopping. And you're going to be in the store. And you're going to see some things. There's going to be some sales and sales papers coming to your house and commercials all over the place. And you're going to go out and at some point find yourself walking an aisle or two. And while you're walking those aisles, you're going to look over and see a sign that says, sale. Right? Now, it may be a great deal. It may be an awesome opportunity. However, if there is nothing in the account associated with your debit card, you're going to have to pass. Am I correct? You're going to have to just move on to the next thing, right? Because ultimately, you cannot withdraw what has, that has not been first deposited. The Holy Spirit cannot withdraw a word out of you to bring back to your remembrance that you might have it unless you first deposited the word. So we must understand that he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done. He said that right before he says this and then he says, and I'm telling you that that you might have some joy. That my joy might be in you and it might remain in you, but that your joy might be full. So we understand two things here. He points out two points. He says that the joy would remain in us and joy can be full in us. The Holy Spirit working in us both produce this joy and also to maintain this joy. Let's look at what else the king has to say about it over in John chapter 17. Turn over there real quick. John chapter 17, I'm almost done. 17 and 13. Now here Jesus is actually praying. John 17 and 13, he's actually praying. So, so the, the night is coming, the night is winding down and Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven and begins to talk to the Father on behalf of the believers uh, that were there. And then he also prays for those of us who would believe by them, that'd be, that would be you and I, those that would come after the disciples that are there in the room and in that night. But then as he's praying to the Father, here's what he says. He says, but now I come to you, Father. I'm getting ready to come to you. He says, but, and these things I'm speaking in the world that they may have my joy. They might have my joy, watch this, and my joy might be fulfilled in them. See, the great joy of Christ's saving grace should be resonated in all of those who have received that grace. And the fullness of that grace is realized when you realize what it took to buy you your salvation. What it took for God to produce salvation for you, in you, that is a great penalty, and Christ paid it, and it is in that that the fullness of Christ's joy is realized in you. So, my joy will remain in you. My joy will be 
full in you. And here he says, my joy will be fulfilled in you. So now, the joy of the Holy Spirit is one of the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. The joy of the Holy Spirit. Because there Paul gives us a list of things. And so, although there are other things on the list, one of the things that the, the, thing we're, the part of that list we're focusing on today is the joy that the Holy Spirit produces. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I quoted this earlier, but I want you to see it for yourself because it's important that the word gets in you. Amen? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness or kindness, goodness, faithfulness or faith, meekness, temperance against us there is no law. Now here he says this. He says, listen. The Holy Spirit is working to produce because that word fruit speaks of the evidence of. Here's how this works. You go out and plant a tree. That tree has characteristics that then resemble the fruit it's going to produce. So here's the thing. Even while the tree is in waiting, preparing, and growing and maturing to the point of being able to produce fruit, there are still evidences of what that fruit will be. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that you may not have full joy right now, but there should be some evidence that joy is coming. We love to say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy! You can't even get it out. You can't get the rest of it out, can you? Somebody said, I've given honor to God, to, to, the, to the head of the church, to the pastor, saints, and friends. Oh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy, joy is coming in the morning. Now notice this, watch this. There's something in earth that is hopeful in anticipation of joy. And I would suggest this, that there is an anticipation of even greater joy because if the Holy Spirit is working in me to produce fruit, then his work in my life will produce the fruit of joy. And the more he works, the more fruit I will bear because Jesus said that he will come to produce fruit when the word abides in you. The Holy Spirit is the one who maintains that word in us. But it's our responsibility to give him something to work with. Amen? So he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's working in us produces joy. Last one, turn to, to, to Isaiah 61. Isaiah chapter 61. <clears throat> Excuse me. Isaiah chapter 61. Verse number three. Now, Remember, this is Jesus, this is, this is Isaiah uh, prophesying, and then Jesus comes along in Matthew's gospel, and he stands up while they're reading, he stands up and he reads from this passage. And then as he sits down, he says, what, you, what I just read 
today is being fulfilled. And at that point, what he's doing, he's saying that this prophecy of Isaiah was about me. Okay, so Jesus is saying that, that Isaiah 61 is about him. It's important for me to lay this foundation because he's, he's establishing that Isaiah 61 is about him and that is being fulfilled. I'm going to read the first two verses to, to bring context to this. So he says in Isaiah 61, verse number one, as Jesus reads this, he then, again, he stands in the, in the synagogue and he, he reads this and then he says, this has been fulfilled today in your hearing. Here's what he had to say. He says, the spirit of the Lord is a, is a, of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3, here's where we come now. He says, to, com to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Watch this now. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, and the planting of the Lord, the God may be, be, be and the, and the, that the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. Now, watch this. Now, He says that He has given us the oil of joy. The Holy oil oftentimes refers to the Holy Spirit. In scripture because see he says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me he's speaking of the Holy Spirit as a oiling or as a anointing upon him now watch this he says he has given us by the Holy Spirit he has given us the oil of joy if in fact I've been born again if in fact Holy Spirit is inside of me, then I have the oil of joy inside of me. And he says, watch this now. He says, and he has given me the garment of praise. I'm almost done. Now watch, because he got to send this. He says, he has given me the garment. See, I say this every, uh, oftentimes, I'll say, this is the, the, the day the Lord has made. And I'll, 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 I'll add this in there. I said this little adage. I'll say, and we have chosen to rejoice and be glad. The verse actually says, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad. And I say we have chosen because he says he's given us the oil of joy, but he's, he's given us this garment of praise. I got to demonstrate it because otherwise you don't understand. So the reality is, if I give you Hold that, brother Myron. Now, he has the garment. If he gives me the garment, but wait a minute. I have to be willing because he's offering me the garment. He's already given me the oil of anointing of the, of the joy in me, but in order for me to, the, the garment I've got to be willing to put on because he says, he has given us the garment. The garment is only significant if I'm willing to put it on. He's just given me the garment of praise. See, I have to understand, I've got to make my mind up. 
that I will joy in the Lord. I've got to make my mind up that I praise the Lord. His praise will continue to be in my mind. So, so then David comes along and understands. He said, listen, I will bless the Lord at all times. Wait a minute. All means all. All means all. Good time, bad time, up time, down time. I will bless the Lord at all times. And here's what he says. And his praise shall continually beware in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Here's where it gets everybody involved. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us rejoice in him. Let us exalt his name together. See, I already have what I need. I just got to be willing to put on my garment. And even in the midst of my trial, I put my garment on. Even when I feel low, I put my garment on. Even when my enemies come against me, I put my garment on. Because when I got, when I got my garment on, I can bless the Lord. I can bless the Lord. I can bless the Lord. So I have to, I gotta be willing. I gotta be willing to put my garment on. And watch this. When I plan on keeping it on, I button it up. When I plan for it to stay a while, I make sure I secure it. In case I get out of hand, I get to running and jumping. I want to make sure I have it. So, the joy of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Holy Spirit. I can only express that when I realize I got to put my garment on. Hunt somebody say you got to put your garment on. You got to put your garment on. See, you got your oil, but you got to put your garment on. So when I come in, and somebody said it like this, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. See, see, ah, Oh, if it had not been for the Lord on my side. So I got to be able to put my garment on. No matter what. And watch this. Sometimes it might be tough to just reach for the garment. But you got to understand. If I can get my garment on, I can praise him. I can lift his name because I have the garment of praise on. And why would I put on something I'm not intending to do? I'm done after this. Watch this. The other night, I was taking my wife out to dinner for a little date. And that day I had on just some jeans and some shoes and they weren't suitable to go out to dinner in. Even though what I had on did not look to par. I went home 
And I said, honey, just give me a second to get ready. So I went in and put on something that resembled what I planned on doing. See, I'm taking my boo, my baby, out to dinner, and I need to look like I'm getting ready to go out to dinner. I'm just trying to encourage you to say, you've got to put a garment on that looks like what you plan on doing. Come in. You can't come in the house of the Lord. Oh, I'm just glad to be in the service. One more time. He didn't have to let me live. No, he didn't have to let me live. Oh, but I'm glad. You have to walk in with your garment on. Because the psalmist said, enter into these gates with thanksgiving. And enter these courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. So when I come, I expect to worship. I expect to praise. I expect to run. I expect to jump. And Nehemiah said it this way as I close. He said, and the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. I'm telling you, I'm done because I'm going to close this. Watch this now. He said, listen, you might find yourself worn out, worn down, beat down. He said, but if you can find your joy. He said, because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. If I can find my joy. But the only way I'm going to find joy I got to recall to my mind because Jeremiah said this I recall to my mind and therefore I have hope that it's been other laws mercies that have not been consumed for its compassion they fail not they are new every morning see now I point out why I stressed earlier you got to make sure you have something in for the Holy Spirit to bring back to your remembrance. Because, see, once you have it in you, he has something to bring back to your remembrance. And then it restores your joy. Then you put on your garment. And people look at you and say, what's going on with her? Because I know her situation is messed up. What's going on with him? I know his situation ain't right. But watch this. When they see your joy, they'll know you put on your garment. The garment of praise. See, you got to choose to put it on. It's available to you. You got to choose to put it on. And you have to say, God, right now, in this moment, I thank you. I'm not worried about what else ain't happening, but right now, in this moment, I thank you. Right now, in this moment, I bless you. Right now, in this moment, I lift you up. Right now, in this moment, I praise your name. 